The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. Today's podcast is one of our AI use case series podcasts. And this week we'll be focusing on how AI is being used in law enforcement. We find that many of our listeners and customers at Cognolytica want to implement AI, but they struggle on how to find use cases. And, you know, would like to see how other industries and other companies are using AI. So that's why we find these use case podcasts so important. So today we'll be spending some time going over how AI is helping to transform law enforcement. And some of these technologies can be applied to other industries as well. The use cases for AI and law enforcement are broad and they range, you know, everywhere from actual physical robots to computer vision and more. So we'll dig into that more in Mm -hmm. this podcast. And we'll definitely start talking about all the use cases, the various applications of AI and law enforcement. But interesting about law enforcement is it does have that other side of the picture. And we're going to spend some time also talking about that where we don't necessarily do that with all of our use cases. So rest assured, we'll be talking about that. So obviously, one of the places that we see AI machine learning really being used is to enhance the use of image and video search. Law enforcement is heavily dependent on cameras, especially to help after a crime has happened to see if they can find clues or evidence or perhaps a suspect or something. And so you'll always see the use of images and video within law enforcement. And especially whenever you have any large gatherings, you know, such as parades or festivals, marathons, you know, law enforcement is heavily dependent on imagery and video technology for surveillance to keep an eye on what's happening over the crowd, uh, to detect threats, to prevent anything that may be suspicious. And so police departments are increasingly making use of AI-enhanced and AI-enabled image and video technology to help with surveillance, to do things like recognize something that may not be in the image that may not necessarily supposed to be in the image or to recognize people, facial detection, that sort of thing, facial recognition. So these AI-enhanced computer vision systems are being used to assist officers in public spaces such as sports venues, train stations, and airports. And I think we're going to increasingly start seeing that cameras of all sorts, both in private and public spaces, will be enabled with AI machine learning capabilities to provide that sort of surveillance. Yeah, we had talked in one of our podcasts previously about how a few train stations in London were starting to use facial recognition technologies, and it was in an exploratory phase right now. But in the years and maybe even months to come, let's see how many other (laughs) train stations and other public venues are using facial recognition technology. Actually, moving into that, we've also talked about how facial recognition technology is being used by various countries, in particular China. So facial recognition technologies are increasingly being used to help identify criminals in large crowds and public spaces. One country that's gotten a lot of press these days for their use of facial recognition technology is China. Notably, Chinese authorities have picked 
picked out individual criminals among stadiums with tens of thousands of people. And they were able to arrest somebody in a large crowd where they couldn't have done that before without this technology. One city in China actually has a network of over 10,000 cameras throughout the city to help police identify and arrest suspects. China, though, is also known to use this technology to create social scores, which bar individuals with low scores from doing certain things like boarding public transportation, planes, not being able to get certain government jobs. So there's a negative side to how facial recognition technologies can be used. But there are some positive examples as well. Yeah, and something really interesting, and we'll definitely link this in the show notes, is that there was this competition for image recognition, a well-known competition called ImageNet. And that was actually one of the things that kind of kicked off this whole deep learning craze was how crazily accurate, or good, I should say, maybe not accurate, these neural network-based machine learning algorithms have gotten. And it started from, I think, Hinton had the first one, 2009, 2010, and then it got better and then Clarify did their thing and then Microsoft beat them. But the current champions, and it's actually now the end of ImageNet, are these Chinese companies came in with some ridiculously accurate ImageNet thing, was some really so highly accurate that it was better than humans' recognitions. The ImageNet competition is over, actually, as of 2017. We hope you're enjoying this podcast and sorry for the brief interruption. Cognolytica not only produces the AI podcast that you're listening to right now, but we also generate research and advisory to help companies make sense of AI and cognitive technologies. We also run the most authoritative, vendor-neutral AI and machine learning training and certification on the market. If you're looking to make AI a reality for your organization, our three-day Cognolytica training is for you. If you're interested in attending, you can find pricing and registration on our website at Cognolytica.com. We'll also provide a link in the show notes. We've met many of our podcast listeners in our classes, and we hope that we'll see you there as well. Now back to the podcast. Actually, as of 2017, and the Chinese are the official winners. <laughs> winners. Now they're trying to find a more complicated challenge to do that. But it's interesting. So we'll link to that, the news about that. That was actually about a little over a year ago. So, you know, the thing about facial recognition technology, obviously, it can be used for all sorts of purposes, but it can be used for good reasons as well, especially in law enforcement. There's a lot of missing people. And in the United States, you know, facial recognition technology is being used increasingly to help identify and find missing persons. So according to the National Centers for NCIC Missing Person and Unidentified Person Statistics, in 2017, there were over 88,000 people missing in the United States alone. And facial recognition technologies are increasingly being used in public places, such as stadiums or airports, to help identify missing individuals and suspected human trafficking operations. In addition, these agencies are using AI technologies to help categorize, classify, and prioritize inbound tips from the public. So many agencies, especially in smaller jurisdictions, are really understaffed. And, you know, they have a hard time keeping up not only with their current workload, but also keeping an eye out for missing persons who might happen to be in their jurisdiction. And, of course, the volume of tips that come in. So, you know, AI is being put to good use here. And in early 2017, the Intel Corporation partnered with the nonprofit National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to help comb through millions of tips that they receive every year and automating much of the analysts' manual work. And this substantially increased the number of valid tips that law enforcement could process. Right. So that's a really positive use case of how facial recognition technologies can be used. 
Another area where authorities are seeing AI technologies is with monitoring social media and social networks. Law enforcement departments and intelligence agencies are using AI technology to monitor social media to help spot and identify radicalized individuals or illegal activity such as drug dealing or gang activity. It seems that almost everybody these days is at least on one social media platform. That could include Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even Tinder. So these platforms are allowing criminals to now have a new platform that they can identify potential clients or potential victims and also have a new way to communicate their crimes and also to communicate with these potential clients or victims. Through the use of machine learning and AI-based content monitoring tools, agencies can now substantially increase the ability for their agents to keep an eye on social media activity. These AI systems can flag suspicious accounts and suspicious conversations that could potentially require further investigation by human agents. So they're able to monitor these systems in real time. They're able to spot anomalies, which is what these systems are great at. And then if it has a question or if it needs to be advanced, then it can flag that for a human to look mm-hmm. at instead of a human having to comb through all this data themselves. Right. Yeah. Social media is really quite quite an interesting platform. People are conducting all sorts of activity on social media. And you can definitely count on with the use of AI-enabled technology that there are going to be eyeballs on that. <laughs> Nothing is hidden in this universe. Right. So, you know, also, not just on the virtual side, law enforcement's increasingly using physical robots for a variety of things. So, obviously, we've seen those bomb detonation robots and other kind of robots. They've been used for a long time now, decades, I think, to help police departments with a variety of tasks that are either too dangerous for humans, as I mentioned, helping to defuse bombs or deal with situations, barricade situations or other situations. And they can detonate bombs or they can gather intelligence and hostage and robbery or active suiting situations. But now these robots are being equipped with AI technology. So it's not just being remotely piloted by someone who's looking through the camera and speaking through the speaker to provide more sophisticated capabilities. So these robotic assistants can not only automatically detect uh, certain situations, but also detect devices, but they in some cases can automatically deactivate them. So in the not too distant future, we see an AI powered robot that could be employed in a hostage or an active shooter situation, autonomously finding and identifying the suspects and potentially acting further to neutralize the threat. RoboCop? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. RoboCop? Well, actually, funny you say that, because (laughs) Dubai in 2017 introduced their first robotic police officer. So, yes, you can have these robots to go into Mm -hmm. unsafe situations, but you can also have robots in more communal situations, more public environments, where either you're not able to always have enough feet on the street to put people Mm -hmm. in certain situations, or maybe because you find it to be a little bit friendlier and more approachable, these robots instead of a human. So, like I said, Dubai recently introduced their first robotic officer, and the department is stating that they want to have robots make up about a quarter of their police force by 2030, which is pretty significant. The robot can speak six different languages, and it's equipped with a computer touchscreen to allow people to report crimes, and it also has cameras designed to read facial expressions so that it can transmit live images back to the operations room where human counterparts are currently monitoring it. 
But these robots are currently for Dubai. They're currently located in tourist spots around the city, and they're meant to be assistive more than actual replacing of the human police officers. But what's nice about this is that since they can speak six different languages, most of the time you can't find officers who can speak six different languages. Maybe you can be bilingual, but most of the time you're not. So it can help with those situations as well. And like I said, if it has computer vision in it, it can do a whole bunch of things as well. Yeah. So we're seeing these technologies not only being used by sort of these first responder type law enforcement folks, but also in the area of customs and border enforcement and a variety of other areas. So for example, we're seeing AI technologies being used for the detection of stolen and counterfeit goods. You know, high-end goods such as purses and sunglasses and clothes are frequently or often counterfeited. And identifying the separating the fake from the real can be difficult. So with the help of AI technologies, it's actually becoming easier for law enforcement to spot and identify fakes. And and there are a variety of companies. There's a startup company that few companies that have developed a device to take microscopic photographs of different areas of these items and they run them through algorithms so they can determine whether the material is supposed to match the right material. Like, you know, if this is truly a coach bag, but it's like made with faux leather, it's probably <laughs> not right, you know, or, or whatever. So, you know, these companies claim some pretty high accuracy detection rates and this is very helpful for customs officials, for law enforcement, for a variety of folks and provides, you know, some sort of certificate or authenticity if the item actually is real. Right. Crimes in general, it's so broad, the types of different crimes that you can have. So we've talked about some of them and they're more physical in nature, you know, with bomb detections or with robberies, with, you know, kidnapping people. But financial crimes is also something that's pretty serious and needs to be monitored as well. So AI algorithms are also able to help with financial crimes. Crimes such as expense report fraud or stolen credit cards are more easily detected with these AI algorithms. The systems are great at processing large amounts of data fast, and they're also great at spotting anomalies among, you know, the sea of data that they get. So banks have been training AI algorithms with historical data and coupled with transaction monitoring systems. They can be used to verify or flag transactions that look out of the ordinary. And companies are also using these AI algorithms for expense report fraud, as we mentioned, where these AI systems are able to analyze all the reports and deem if they're acceptable or unacceptable expenses, allowing systems to quickly approve or deny these expense reports. In the past, a lot of companies just don't do auditing on expense reports because it's way too manual and time intensive. So a lot of people have been able to get away with minor Mm -hmm. financial crimes where they will buy gift cards and put that on an expense report or they will buy alcohol when they're not supposed to or they'll go to a restaurant that they're not Mm -hmm. supposed to get food they're not, you know, now they're able to really monitor that. And some people may say, oh, well, that's not a financial crime, but it is. And companies lose millions of dollars every Mm -hmm. year, especially large companies with expense report fraud. Yeah, so I think the thing about law enforcement is that, especially when you're the victim of a crime, you like the justice to be served, right? You like yeah. the perpetrator to be found, you like the materials to be still returned to you if they're stolen or whatever whatever the issue, right? So people like the idea of personal safety and improved quality of life and all that sort of stuff. And so whenever we have these capabilities given to law enforcement for surveillance and for monitoring, if it's being used for those good purposes, we're happy 
with it. I think the challenge, and I think what makes a lot of people nervous and why RoboCop is not exactly a rom-com, <laughs> is because people are afraid of the other side, right? They're afraid of you know the issues of privacy and security and freedoms and the concern that like you know if there's constant surveillance, you know, will we give up privacy and freedom for the expense of safety and security, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one of those questions that we have to ask as a society and one of the things that we're keeping an eye on. And part of the reason why we're also keeping an eye on the law enforcement's use of AI and the laws and the constitutional things that have to keep up with these changing technologies. Right. It's always interesting. And we've talked about this a lot, you know, with the idea of hyper-personalization and, you know, our AI-enabled future where we will have autonomous everything and we will, you know, is that we slowly take away and give up our freedoms for convenience. And I don't think that we always have a conscious decision going on in our mind about that where, oh, I'm using Google Maps or I'm using my GPS watch when I'm running, but I'm giving up my freedom of privacy. So, that I can know, you know, how many miles I've run or how fast I'm running. And I'm not consciously doing that, but I am doing that. And so that's why we like to bring this up too, because that's something that we constantly have to be thinking about. And like Ron said, laws, regulations, they need to catch up with this technology and they also need to be adapted for our AI-enabled future. I think one of the challenges I think for all of us is that it's just so easy, especially when you take a look at facial recognition technology, to sort of see both sides of the coin here. And I think we're going to have to, I think, the as we talked about, the laws and regulations are going to have to catch up with sort of where is it acceptable. And also, like, there's these issues of, this may be an American thing. It's kind of hard to, like, put all the world's privacy laws and regulations and just their society. People just have societal differences in the way they handle privacy against each other. For example, you know, it's one thing for the government to say that it's not going to use surveillance video for blah, blah, blah. But when you're inside the confines of a company, at least according to the laws in the United States, you're governed, yes, by the Constitution, but you're also governed by the rules of the corporation. Corporation may say we could put a camera in front of every cubicle. We could put a camera, you know. I mean, I think there's certain certain rules, like we can't put that in bathrooms and stuff. But overall, you can put it wherever you'd like. Right. I mean, it's easy. I mean, you can go online now and you could find a facial recognition and what's called a facial sentiment and facial gesture tools right now to detect whether you're awake or you're sleeping. Right. This is a kind of a cute thing to say, like, oh, this person's smiling, they're happy, they're (laughs) sad, or they're sleeping. But can you imagine, like, you know, in a call center, if every cubicle had a camera in front of it, and they're like, well, you know, you were awake, like, you know. (laughs) Only eight. Yeah, 80% of the time, you know. So you can do that. The technology is there to do it. There's nothing that prevents you from doing it. The only thing that prevents you from doing it is whether you can or should do it, right? And we've also talked about, with our sales podcast, how companies are now recording conversations. They're recording phone calls, which has been going on for a while, but they're now recording in person meetings Mm -hmm. as well, which was not typically, you know, the norm, but it's increasingly becoming the norm because they're saying, well, we're using it to analyze what went on and to come away with talking points. And it's, you know, like your virtual assistant in the meeting who will take the meeting notes for you. And that's great. But then the flip side of that is now we have microphones everywhere and we're constantly being recorded and monitored. And bringing it back to law enforcement here, this is like the whole body cam issue, which is that people want body cams because they want to see the interactions that law enforcement's having with the public. Mm -hmm. They're like, what happened? Why was there a shooting? What exactly happened? Well, the camera provides that evidence, supposedly. It's supposed to provide that evidence. But at the same time now, now you have an active camera with an active microphone listening to anything and everything. 
And it's like in the past, it's like you can't, you know, there's no such thing as thought crime, right? That's from 1984. But like, you know, what what if a police officer captures something happening on camera or video or audio that they haven't seen? And then later they're going back and reviewing it like, oh, there was a crime happened here that we didn't, weren't even aware of through the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning and to discover stuff and be like, is the use of body cams basically going to basically be, you know, pervasive monitoring of everything that's happening? So something to think about. Yeah. So these are questions that, you know, we like to raise. We don't have answers for right now, but we definitely like to get you guys thinking about this. Listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that we've been able to provide some insight on how AI is being used in law enforcement. This is part of our AI use case series. There are others in the series that you might want to listen to as well. So we'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well as some of the articles that we referenced as well. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.